0: This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. A Lakeshore Public Schools teacher is no longer employed by the district after being accused of sexual assault. Superintendent Greg Eating said in a video message on social media Sunday they're cooperating with Lincoln Township Police as they investigate. I realize our statements may feel insufficient and in some ways counterintuitive. However, the situation is both delicate and complicated. Lakeshore Public Schools says it will offer no further comments on the investigation into a former teacher accused of sex assault while the case makes its way through the legal system. Eating said the accusations do not appear to involve the district. The teacher is no longer with Lakeshore and his name hasn't been released. In a further statement to the community today, Lakeshore says questions about the ongoing investigation should be directed to the Lincoln Township Police Department. It goes on to say the district is seeking to implement a seamless process regarding the employees' responsibilities and that families shouldn't hesitate to contact their school if concerned. The statement acknowledges that in these situations, curiosity is natural. However, it says speculation may harm the investigation and is not helpful for the individuals involved. The district again asks those with questions about the police matter to contact the police department. A committee will meet this week to further develop the new partnership agreement between Benton Harbor Area Schools and the Michigan Department of Education. The department announced in November Benton Harbor was entering into the agreement to improve academic performance due to the district being in the bottom 5% of the state's accountability index. Speaking to the Board of Education last week, Interim Superintendent Kelvin Butts said there will be information for the public after the meeting on Thursday. So after our next partnership meeting, I'll be able to give an update to the board. Also, we put together a video to go along with the virtual town hall. I mean, we're in the process now of allowing M.D. to review it. The board will also have a chance to review it before we do a live virtual town hall. Trustee Angel Creighton requested that more than one school board member be a part of the committee. I would like to make a formal request that we have two members at least from The Board of Education on this. I think it's important that we receive some full transparency. I'm not sure that we need permission from the state. Trustee Elnora Gavin also volunteered saying why not have three trustees on the committee. Once the partnership agreement is formalized, there will be a state review after 18 months. After 36 months, another review will determine if the partnership agreement has improved academic performance or if other measures need to be taken. It's expected the new agreement will be signed in April. At the Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber's annual meeting last week, the organization announced its support for a new 20-year Lake Michigan College millage. The millage currently generates about 30% of LMC's total operational budget, and they're seeking a renewal this year. Chamber President Arthur Havlicek. Our board of directors agreed formally approving the endorsement this past Monday. And with this endorsement, we intend to campaign publicly on Lake Michigan College's behalf, championing the important role they play in our region's talent supply chain. The millage rate would freeze at .8804 mills, which, which Havlicek says is one of the lowest in the state. The millage vote would take place in the May 2nd election. State Senator Jonathan Lindsay will hold some local office hours in Berrien County this month for residents to meet him and talk about issues of concern. Lindsay represents the new 17th District, which covers a Berrien County south of Stevensville on east and the Cass, St. Joseph branch in Calhoun counties. Lindsay will be at Small Town Grounds in Bridgman on Friday from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. Later the same day, he'll be at Jim's Smokin' Cafe in Niles from 4.30 to 5.30 Lindsay's office says he'll be available to answer questions and provide information as well as take suggestions on issues that affect families, businesses, and communities in the district. No appointment will be necessary. The League of Women Voters of Berrien and Cass Counties will host a virtual presentation next week on the National Popular Vote Movement. League President Faith Schoon tells us the idea of scrapping the Electoral College has been discussed a great deal in recent years. But it has been kind of under the radar. Since 2006, there has been an organization called the National Popular Vote, and they have been pushing for states to adopt a law to do away with the Electoral College. Skuin says while the idea of a national popular vote has become somewhat partisan, there are many who want to see the Electoral College done away with, especially after 2016. I do think that people would really like to have fair and equal representation and that their votes really count. The group National Popular Vote has been leading a campaign to drop the Electoral College and elect the president by National Popular Vote since its founding in 2006 with the creation of the National Popular Vote Bill. It's lobbied ever since and believes Michigan this year could join the National Popular Vote Compact. Speaking at uh, next Monday's webinar will be National Popular Vote Grassroots Manager Eileen Reavy. The presentation will be at 7 p.m. and you can register online. The 2023 Why Country Cares for Kids St. Jude Radiothon will start on Thursday. Each year, Y Country Radio takes to the airwaves to collect donations for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Morning host Mark McGill tells us St. Jude treats kids who are battling cancer free of charge, covering all their family expenses, including food and lodging. He's taken part in several St. Jude Radiothons and says it's always rewarding. The amount of good that we can do in these two days because of the the hearts of the folks in Southwest Michigan, it's just astounding. And it really does make a difference. Again, think about this. Your families never receive a bill for anything, for treatment, travel, housing, or food. And the parent of a sick child has enough to worry about. Let St. Jude take care of the rest. Y-Country will be live from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Thursday and Friday raising funds. Over the years, the station has raised more than $400,000 for St. Jude, with $40,000 raised last year alone. You can make a donation by calling in during the Radiothon or by going to 975YCountry.com. WSJM at News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Joe Biden has left Kiev, Ukraine, after an unannounced visit to meet President Vladimir Zelensky. Today's visit was a gesture of solidarity coming days before the first anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Biden delivered remarks and met with Zelensky and announced an additional half-billion dollars in U.S. assistance to reassure Ukraine of American and Allied support as the war continues. The Democratic U.S. president said, quote, one year later, Kyiv stands and Ukraine stands, democracy stands. Biden continued, quote, the Americans stand with you and the world stands with you. While Biden was in Ukraine, U.S. surveillance planes kept watch over Kyiv from Polish airspace. During his unannounced stop in Kyiv today, the president announced additional assistance for Ukraine. More on that from ABC's Patrick Revell. The key thing here was about showing that the U.S. stands behind Ukraine, and that's because we are right now in an increasingly decisive moment of the war because we're seeing this huge offensive in eastern Ukraine that the Ukrainians are right now trying to hold off. And the belief is among Ukrainian forces that if they can hold off this offensive now, they will be able to launch a counteroffensive in the spring, and that's what they're preparing for, and that's what they say they need these Western weapons for. And President Biden's surprise visit to Ukraine not sitting well with some Republicans on Capitol Hill. More maybe see's faith, Abube. Alabama Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville wrote that the president, quote, has now spent more time in Ukraine than he has at our southern border. Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley also blasted the president for visiting the war zone instead of East Palestine, Ohio, where train derailment has raised concerns about air pollution. Despite the criticism, President Biden has earned strong bipartisan support for the trip, including from Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell and Senator Lindsey Graham who says it was the right signal to send at the right time. Faith Abube, ABC News, Washington. Last year saw a record number of guns intercepted at airport checkpoints around the country. The numbers have been steadily climbing and hit 6,542. The Transportation Safety Administration head says this is a reflection of what's going on in society and there are more people carrying firearms. Experts don't think it's an epidemic of would-be hijackers. Nearly everyone caught claims to have forgotten they had their gun with them. But experts emphasize the danger even one gun could pose in the wrong hands on an airplane or at a checkpoint. The top ten list for gun interceptions is Dallas, Austin, and Houston in Texas. Also three airports in Florida, Nashville, Tennessee, Atlanta, Phoenix, and Denver. A new earthquake has hit southern Turkey near the Syria border. It's been just two weeks since a massive quake killed thousands in the region, more from ABC. A 6.3 magnitude earthquake rocked the province of Hatay in Turkey on Monday after a similar massive event killed tens of thousands only two weeks prior. There are already several injured across the region, according to Turkish authorities and Syrian rescuers. At a camp where 700 people rendered homeless by the initial earthquake were spending the night, the surrounding buildings shook for nearly 15 seconds and the power grid went off. Most of them sitting outside, huddling around fires to keep warm. They started praying and shouting to get away from the buildings. At least 20 aftershocks have been felt since. Ibti Samgenfood, ABC News, Hatay, Turkey. The federal government has allocated... $190 billion in pandemic relief to help schools. That's more than four times the amount the U.S. Education Department spends on schools in a typical year, and the money has a few strings attached. For poorer school districts, deciding what to do with that money has involved a tough trade off work on academic recovery or fix infrastructure needs. An Associated Press analysis of school district spending around the country found the poorest districts in each state are far more likely than the richest districts to spend relief funds on things like upgrading their buildings or transportation systems. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was in New York today touting his administration's accomplishments in support of law enforcement ahead of a possible 2023 presidential run. Here's ABC's Sherry Preston. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis claims police in his state have more public support than they do in places like Chicago and here in New York City, in part because of ideological beliefs. The reason why you have what you have in some of these other jurisdictions is because they're putting woke ideology ahead of your safety. DeSantis told a police group on Staten Island he's proud of Florida's record of limiting discussion in public schools and race, gender, and sexual orientation. New York City Mayor Eric Adams skipped the DeSantis visit but tweeted a welcome saying, we're happy to teach you something about values while you're here. Sherry Preston, ABC News, New York. Hundreds of rescuers in Brazil are searching for survivors of landslides and flooding that killed at least 36 people along the coast in the country's southern state of Sao Paulo following a huge weekend downpour. Worst hit was São Sebastião where at least 35 were dead. In a neighboring area, a seven-year-old girl was killed. The disaster in an area famous for beaches flanked by mountains prompted cancellations in many cities. The Sao Paulo state governor told a television network another 40 people were missing. The state government said in a statement nearly 800 people were homeless. And a contentious national debate has erupted in Israel over the pace and extent of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government plans to overhaul the judiciary. Many around the world are siding with the critics who believe the reforms will deal a severe blow to Israeli democracy, shifting the balance of power into the hands of whoever the ruling government is at the moment. The reforms are aimed at weakening the Supreme Court and restricting its power in a country that has no constitution and has relied on the courts to protect civil rights. More from ABC's Jordana Miller. For miles, a sea of Israeli flags... Filling the avenues leading to the parliament, tens of thousands of Israelis from across the country pouring into Jerusalem to protest the Netanyahu government's judicial overhaul. Young and old, the protesters say they've come to defend Israel's democracy. On the day, lawmakers will cast the first votes on bills aimed at severely restricting the jurisdiction of the Supreme Court. Many of those restrictions have no precedent in other Western democracies. The protesters demanding the Netanyahu government delay the votes, but there's no sign of that happening. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.